Paul's Gaia Pizza expands ominously behind. The fate of the Flavor Zone is sealed now, but ahead is a giant shark man intent on snatching your victory away at the last second. You have to hurry to catch up. Back through the taffy cell block, it looks like the prisoners tried to slow Mac down, only to get immediately clobbered. The doors have been kicked in, and the mangled bodies of the guards are lying on the floor. Mac has left giant footprints in the taffy. In the next cell block over, there appears to be signs of indiscriminate shuffle, but it's all quieted down. You can hear Mac's heavy footsteps clomping down the halls. What's next, guys? Lowry, Elvis, and Matilda. Mac would squash me flat. You head down that hall after him, slow him down, then disengage. I'm going to loop around in the other direction and warn the others. So I take it slappings on the table again, Paul? Whatever falls within your discretion, just get back to the kitchen ahead of Mac and be ready to make the leap to Guy Inferno once you're there. Don't exhaust yourself. We mustn't lose sight of our core objective. Then I run the other direction. Alright, I got an idea. Larry, you spray a bunch of beans under Mac, and then I'll give him a good flying kick to take him off his feet. Matilda, you blast him with eye lasers when he's down. You got eye lasers, right? It's like gamma radiation, but yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say potato, you say tomato. Let's go. Actually, I think the difference between those two things is kind of a notable distinction. But you guys run off. You get down the hall and see Mac headed down it. The courtyard is just to his left. Across the way, you can see Paul and the others running down their side of the walkway. His line chefs are carrying Olive on their shoulders, since otherwise he couldn't run. Mac hears you and he turns around. How's the ground underneath Mac with beans? Then leap up and kick Mac in the chest! Mac opens his mouth and starts to say something, but only gets as much out as, So, you've... And the ground is covered in beans and Elva makes a lightning-swift kick into Mac's upper body. Ugh! He flops like a bear, collapsing to the ground. Elvis, you land in the beans. Give me a dex roll. Here we go. I got acrobatics and breakfall. The ground is slick, but you kind of go down with it, doing the splits on the way down to transfer the momentum, and then you pop right back up like a dance move. Matilda runs to the side of the mess to avoid hitting you, and in a flash, the beans start bubbling and boiling, and you can hear Mac's skin sizzle. Ugh! Mac grabs a hold of the railing, tears a piece of it loose, and throws it straight as an arrow at Matilda, doing... Oh, uh, the railing sticks clean into Matilda's abdomen, knocking her backwards. She goes pale and grabs at it in panic, but it looks too deep to come out safely. Elvis! Uh-oh, uh, run over to Matilda and pick her up. When you lift her up, you see the railing is sticking out of her backside. It went all the way through her. Oh, God, she says. It doesn't feel bad, but it looks bad. Uh, just don't touch it. It's gonna be a project. Okay, uh, uh, it's starting to feel bad. Larry! Skate on over to Elvis and Matilda, then hose Mac in a wave of beans. Mac is subjected to another fire hose blast of beans. The floor is slick, and he tries to stand up while holding what's left of the railing that he just destroyed, but he slips and he falls. Hey, before more of us wind up with stuff hurled through our chests, let's say we did all we could and get out of here. I might be able to catch one of those bars if he throws another. Well, maybe you can, but I can't. Let's go. Elvis, you're up. Okay, fine. I carry Matilda and follow Larry out of here. You guys run down the catwalk. Behind you, you hear Mac slipping on those beans again. He mutters something angrily as you hear his boots squeak. Wham! The floor shakes whenever he goes down. Paul, only about a minute ahead of the others, you burst through the doors of the kitchen. Several guys turn guns on you, but lower them when they see it's you. We haven't a moment to lose. Mac is coming this way with intent to avenge Crouton. We'll all be like pigs to the slaughter if we don't depart now. Marcus says, where's the others? Did Mac kill him? I can only hope not. They should be right behind me. Lowry, you skate from the upper balcony down to the kitchen floor and punch through the doors. I was too late. We slowed Mac down a little, but he throws things with gorilla strength. And maybe even like the strength of a giant shark man. 
but to be honest, probably harder than a gorilla. Matilda! Butcher pushes through and looks at Matilda lying there in your arms. She panics for a second, but then takes her knife and chops the railing down so it's not sticking out so far. The bunny guy with the thin mustache jostles over and declares, Stand aside! I am an expert of stuffed foods, and in a given time I can insert or remove all manner of things from the body. There is much bleeding due to a delicate blood system near the wound, but I can help her. Then there's a terrible shrieking metal sound. The cell block shakes under what can only be Mac furiously forcing his way through the doors with the power of a battle tank. We're all gonna be dead if we don't get out of here soon. Where's Spalding? Spalding is fumbling with a tray full of sliders. I, I, I mean, I'm mostly done. I had to make do because we don't really have very much real meat. But this flavor, it ought to take us back to Guy Inferno's backyard. Are you certain? It's a one-way trip. There's no way to test. Thump, thump, thump. Boom! Sounds like Mac has jumped down to the ground floor. I grab a slider and I bite into it. All right, best of luck. Here we go. I take one, too. I suppose fate has carried us thus far. The sandwiches melt in your mouth, and you feel a sensation similar to the one that brought you to the Flavor Zone originally. Everything fades away, and there's nothing but the amazing taste of this slider. Ugh. Uh, but hang on, there's a bit of an aftertaste. You open your eyes and find yourself in darkness. Hey. Are we dead? Feel around. Are there walls? Is there at least a floor? There's definitely a floor. It feels like tile. Then you kind of trip over something about waist high and you realize you're grabbing a sink. Suddenly someone elbows you from behind. Oops. Uh, hello? Who's there? Did we make it? Sounds like it's Butcher. Then there's other bodies starting to bump into you and the space starts to get crowded. If you're in some kind of room, it's apparently not a very big one. You're all being pressed up against the walls. Or Paul, in your case, you've hopped up on the sink. I'm, I, ah, someone's on my oh foot. God, Let me stop back jostling. So I can go. I okay, everyone, it's not everyone like listen. Listen, I believe we are in a bathroom. If everyone could just calm down. If you can feel a wall, check along it for a light switch. Lowry, your hand brushes up against what feels like a light switch. Uh, okay, hang on. I think I got it. The room lights up with what at first appears to be an unusually bright torchlight, but then you realize they're just electric lights made to look like torches. The entire room is tiki-themed. The shower curtain implies a luau, and the wallpaper is printed with pictures of hamburgers and barbecue ribs. Well, I guess we can say we must be adjacent to the correct place. Spalding says, Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I must not have gotten the recipe exactly right. There are few right answers when the real objective is to go from frying pan to fryer. At least now we won't be disoriented when we find Inferno. Someone open the door. I open the door and stumble out backwards. You stumble out into a hallway, followed by a gaggle of bunny people, lion chefs, Marcus, and a few of his men. On second thought, it was a larger bathroom than it felt like in the dark. In the hall, it's shag carpet with rich wooden walls. On the walls are pictures of Guy Inferno sharing various foods with different chefs. Well, looks like you can claim a B-plus, Spalding. We're at least in the right house. Yes, everyone quiet down. Perhaps we can even use this to our advantage and take Inferno by surprise. The pencil mustache bunny guy says, I need to get to work on Matilda's injury right away. Can you carry on without us? Matilda's in no condition for fighting, so I suppose we must. Take refuge in a nearby room and lay low for the time being. Regroup at the first opportunity. I'm sure the commotion will be perfectly audible. Spalding, were there any sliders left over? I don't know. It was so chaotic, everyone was just grabbing them, and I barely got one. Then allow me to just... Uh, I turn the bathroom lights off and shut the door. Oh, actually, on second thought, Lowry, could you coat the floor with a spritz of beans? Yeah, sure. You open the door, cover the floor in beans, then shut the door. 
Just in case, you see. Almost as soon as you shut the door, you hear a heavy step in the bathroom, as if by a large animal. Then a squeaking boot and a crash as that animal falls down. Gods! Oh, I'm going to stuff Lowry like a turkey with these beans! Ah, man. Marcus goes, what now? Matilda's group, duck into that nearby room and see to Matilda. Marcus, come with us and make plenty of commotion. If we draw Mac to Guy Inferno, we may be allayed by a temporary truce. Are you using that word right? Allayed? I don't think that's correct. I believe so. It doesn't matter. Matilda and the others duck into another room. Mac kicks the door open, but the force of the kick causes him to slip again. It looks like he's already knocked down the shower curtain and knocked over a hamper full of print shirts. Hey, Mac, I'm really sorry about this. Could we talk about it instead of me getting murdered? I am going to squash you as flat as these beans I'm lying on. Okay, I I guess we better go. We run down the hall. Down the hall you go. The hall comes to a set of stairs, which you rush down. Mac begins tromping behind you. They turn into a living room with a big screen TV sitting on top of a mini fridge. As you're taking this in, that's when someone busts the back end of a rifle through a window and tosses a mustard grenade inside. Oh, come on! Run up and grab the grenade, then throw it back out before it goes off. You grab the grenade and toss it back out. Boom! Ah! You hear screaming outside. So much for the element of surprise. I blame Mac tromping around. That's like trying to hide a moose. Mac rounds the stairs. Marcus shouts, You go ahead, find Inferno. We'll handle this front. Right on, good luck. I spray Mac with more beans. Mac holds out his arms. <laughs> you are going to... And then he slips and he falls down the steps. Let's not stop moving. You guys and Paul's line chefs push on through a large set of double doors opposite to the direction the grenade came from, and you find yourselves in a sunny kitchen. It's gorgeous. The countertops are all in butcher block style with rich wood. There's three refrigerators, knives of all kinds, cabinets, which must be absolutely stuffed with some of the best ingredients in all known worlds. You can smell it. To your left is a sliding glass window. Outside, Guy Inferno is tending to a grill, flipping hamburger patties. He's paying very close attention to it. Doesn't seem to be happy. And on the other end of the kitchen from you is a sort of small, muscular-looking goat person. He looks like he might be angry, but it's hard to tell because he's got a weird goat face with those weird goat eyes. Hello? Boy, I bet it must be tough keeping all your hair out of the food. Do you wear, like, a full-body hairnet or what? The door behind you is violently forced open and Max steps in behind you. Now it is time for your payback. Look around you, you fool. Payback is at your fingertips. Our mutual enemy is standing outside grilling burgers as we speak, and you're going to waste more energy trying to fight with us. Mac looks outside. Inferno. Mac, look. Trapped in prison, I I bet it feels like it matters what everybody else is doing. But we're almost out of here. Not much further, and you could be several dimensions away from having to do with us or Crouton or anybody you didn't want to see again. You are not good men. But I have words for Inferno. Max starts walking towards the screen door, but then the ram slams his hands down on the counter and yells, Oi! You think you're just gonna walk out there and talk to Inferno like his equal? If that's the case, you must be so high that I could light you up and smoke you from the other end! Mac looks at him and goes, Excuse me? The ram says, That's right, normally when you turn the lights on, the cockroaches make a run for it. It's not every day they try to go out and bask in someone else's radiance. Hey, I like this guy. Hey, roast me. Hey, roasting you'd be better than frying. Your skin's an oily grease fire just waiting to happen. I don't know how you call yourself a chef when you can't go near an open flame. (laughs) Okay, now do Paul. 
I know all about him. Makes sense the fat man would specialize in a homogenous dish that involves shoving everything all together at once. Maybe if you'd slow down a little bit, you know how to cook something with individual taste. All right, now you listen here. I will have you and know And how about this old pizza. woman, hmm? What do you specialize in? Jerky? No, that'd be cannibalism, wouldn't it? Let me guess, your favorite is aged cheese. Bet you're really good at that one. No, I do granola. Cheese makes you flatulent. I actually have pamphlets back in my kitchen if you'd like to know more. I know plenty enough as it is. And I know that every one of you is going back to where you belong in the flavor zone within the hour. The ram rolls up his sleeves. Then evidently there are a few things you don't know. The ram pulls a loaf of fresh bread out from under a counter. Then he gets a knife and he slices the bread into pieces. Max says, Who exactly do you think you are? The ram says, The name's Gordon. And I don't normally like to personally deal with the universe's problem children, but then I guess that's the thing about you people is that you're always a problem. I'm the one who handles and judges your individual cases. I work with Inferno, and if you've got a problem with him, you've got a problem with me. Wait, so you're the one who decides if we should go to the flavor zone? But you don't even remember what I do? I only went there like a little while ago. Sorry, Oldie Locks, I look at a lot of cases. You were probably a run-of-the-mill case being dangerous to society. We get a lot of those. I don't remember Bacon Face here either, but Paul, I consider to be one of my greatest personal failures. Congratulations, Paul. Then I'm pleased to announce you failed again. The Flavor Zone is on its way to being another Gaia Pizza. Gordon rolls his weird eyes. Oh, I knew this would happen eventually. I've been telling Inferno, just throw them in the sun. They like to cook so much, let them cook. But that's not humane, he says. Well, I know where you're going now. This is just a victory for me, Paul. Except you didn't know it. Mac takes a menacing step towards Gordon and says, Forget, Paul. Why did you imprison me? Why? I didn't do anything. I was a good hibachi chef. Gordon says, Ah, oh, yeah, you. The huge security headache. You're a real edge case. Problem wasn't you, it was your people. Your government was going to use your techniques to weaponize food. We always try to keep an eye out on whole civilizations getting to be a mess. One chef can be bad. Think of an empire of bad chefs, led by people with the same moral compass as Paul. Max says, That's all? I've been locked up all this time with real criminals because of something outside my control? Gordon replies, Like I said, real edge case. But we could lock you up, or we could lock up your entire government. One notable guy goes missing, that's not too bad. You can see how the latter would be real difficult. Mac lunges towards Gordon. Well, now I'm in control of what's about to happen. Gordon leaps back and slaps two slices of bread on Mac's face. You are not. You are an idiot sandwich. Mac then falls into a seizure, collapsing to the floor and convulsing with bread stuck to him. Well, that would have been nice to have a little while ago. Ah, oh, man, I was actually kind of hoping to see what Mac would do to Inferno. Nothing compared to what I'm gonna do to you. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta know. Did you throw me in the flavor zone because of stuff outside my control, too? Like, was the government gonna do something wrong and I'm innocent? Look, I already said I don't even know. What'd you do? Well, I kind of drowned an entire city in beans. But not, like, Maliciously. Well, then you probably did that, then. Yeah, but not maliciously, though. I wasn't a bad what guy. What about me? All I did was make healthy food. And then what? Your health food came to life and knocked over a skyscraper? No. It made people live forever. Well, me specifically. I'm totally innocent and I didn't do anything wrong. Didn't you say you experimented with turning actual people into food? I could have sworn you mentioned that. There's something about, like, a healthy body already having all the nutrients of a healthy body. So? I mean, we turn cows into food? And Guy Inferno's out there flipping burgers. What's the difference? 
Is it because I was trying to push my diet onto everybody else? Because it was good for them. I'm a little bit angry that you're asking me because obviously I already reviewed your case and obviously I already decided that you were in the wrong. Well, I'd like to make an appeal. I think that my case could all be cleared up by more beans. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You spray Gordon with the fire hose torrent of beans, shoving him backwards into the fridge. Big mistake, Gordon declares. He throws open the fridge door. It's packed with all kinds of crazy foods. Leap up on top of the fridge, grab it, then push with my legs to bring the fridge down on top of Gordon. Wait, wait! Gordon tries to dive out of the way, but he slips on the beans and falls down. Next comes the fridge. Crash! Boom! Bang! Milk spills out on the floor. Eggs break. You're not even sure what that is. Looks like soy sauce? And that uh, that's blood. That's Gordon's blood. How do you like everything thrown together at once now, Gordon? If he'd listened to me, I'd have told him pancakes aren't healthy. I'm a health guru, you know? Yeah, and also beans make a good side dish, but they got a lot of good stuff in them, so they're not bad as a main portion either. Is there, is there like a pun buried in that? I was going to say something like, beans are good for your health, but this is clearly the opposite of good for your health. And I was trying to work into joking about how it's bad for your health, but I didn't want to make it seem like I was bad-mouthing beans. So then I just started defending beans. Well, I appreciate your beans, Lowry. They've been good for our health, certainly. Yeah, beans are really great with everything. What's Guy Inferno doing? Still flipping burgers. He looks even sadder now. Open a fridge and scan for anything I can use. Line chefs, grab some ingredients. Are you going to turn this place into another pizza? No. As far as I'm aware, Spalding has already made a run for it. That plan would be the end of us. But we are able to make a smaller pizza using a similar recipe from our early experiments. It will take some time, but if nothing stops us, we could make a pizza large enough to crush a sizable area. If it comes to a fight, keep me covered and I'll eventually have something the size of an elephant to drop on our enemy. Well, if it doesn't come to a fight, it's going to be a one-sided execution because I'm killing that Inferno guy. Well, then we'll see how Guy Inferno prefers it. Let's go. I open the sliding door and go out in the back. You walk out on the deck. Guy Inferno flips another patty. It sizzles on the grill. I guess Gordon is finally dead. Yes, it was a terrible kitchen accident. I always knew a fridge would kill him. He used to say, you know, most people predict a heart attack. I said no. I just have a knack for these things. I've seen fridges fall on good chefs before. Somehow I knew. You don't seem very alert for someone about to face the music. What do you expect about your own death, Inferno? I always knew this would be what killed me. You lock up enough dangerous people who all blame you. It wasn't any other way it could end. You know, my vision didn't start as a prison. When I first discovered dimensional travel, I thought I'd meet the most brilliant chefs everywhere there was. Being one of the good ones, you can't really be prepared for just how prevalent a bad chef is going to be. Chefs with the power to do good, but who cross the lines and just don't care. Hey, I want to let you know that ever since you locked me up, I've been thinking, next time I do endless beans, maybe I'll serve it in, like, I don't know, a cup or something, so it won't drown the city. It's funny. I first wanted the Flavor Zone to be a place of reform, but we threw one person in after the next, and we just didn't have enough time or money to figure it all out. Every time we might have gotten around to it, someone was turning the moon into cheese, or drowning a city in beans, or converting an entire universe into one whole pizza. Eventually it wears on you, and you just think, maybe this is the natural state of things. Dog eat dog. Dog doesn't care how good the food is. He takes what he can get. Maybe being good is an uphill battle. The aberration is me. Maybe I'm not so good. Made a whole prison of food criminals. Aren't I just another crazy chef? 
Maybe I'm not above it. All I know is there's more evil out there than good. First I thought it would be like keeping stray hairs out of a plate of spaghetti. But over time I began to realize you guys aren't hairs. You're angel hair pasta. You're the bulk of the dish. What you lack, Inferno, is perspective. You look upon my work and view it as a travesty. I took a universe, so flawed as you observe, and remade it into its pure form. Given enough time and study, I could make it into something new, something wonderful, bereft of the corruption and unfairness that drives so many to desperation. Many ruthless visionaries are called villains in their time, but sung as heroes once their time has passed. You have fought without a purpose, and become worth no more than so much frozen food in the grocery aisle. I doubt myself, he puts down his spatula. But I hear something like that, and I know a good man can't ever rest, because whatever glimmer of hope you believe in, there's someone waiting to swallow it up and pat themselves on the back for it. Inferno unbuttons his shirt, revealing his fiery pudge. The shirt slips away, out unfurls two flaming wings. I hope you like things spicy, Paul. I knew I couldn't keep the flavor zone forever, but I can save at least one more universe from the Godfather of Pizza. Well, you know what goes great with barbecue? Beans! You spray Inferno with beans, knocking him away from Paul. Run up and curb stomp him! Elvin takes a running leap at Guy Inferno, but as soon as you land on him, you find his body has a certain springiness to it, and your pant leg catches fire. Gonna take five body and ten stun. Ah, oh God, ah, ah, he's made of fire! Never substitute, always the real thing! Paul! Sweep the hamburger patties off the grill. Line chefs, to me! We shall make the pizza that ends not a world, but an era! Your line chefs pile in around you, tossing ingredients onto the grill. Inferno rises up from the ground into the sky. Paul, you think I'm gonna let you just throw my hamburgers on the ground and get away with it? Each of those burgers is worth a hundred dollars to those who would pay it. Your death, Inferno, is worth more to me than these hamburgers. And that is why you crossed the line. You say you love food, but where are your priorities when something stands in your way? Larry, you're up. Wait for Guy Inferno to make a move. You're standing by. Elvis, you put the fire out on your pant leg. What's next? Why don't you come down here and fight me where I can punch you, huh? Paul, you throw out the dough. In perfect synchronization, your line chefs pile on ingredients precisely at the time they're needed. Inferno takes his arms and scoops fire off his body, then hurls it down towards you. Throw up a wall of beans in the way. Lowry raises a wave of beans which sizzle under the intense heat of Inferno's cooking. Then Inferno sweeps down through the hole in the beans he just created. He's holding a bottle of some kind of sauce. He grabs you, Lowry, then squirts it in your mouth. In an eye blink, Lowry is now standing on the grill. Your shoulder, where you were grabbed, is on fire. Four body, twelve stun. Ah! Oh, what the heck? Oh, God. Elvis. He's on the ground now, right? Run up and sock him in the back of the head. Once again, your strike splashes against Inferno. His body largely gives way, but there's just a little bit of solid purchase in there. Your hand burns when it makes contact. Four body, eight stun. Ah! Ah! Oh! <laughs> Paul, the ingredients have come together, and now you just have to tend this pizza until it's large enough to throw as a weapon. How much longer is it going to be, Paul? I'm getting some serious burns here, and I'm pretty sure I'm seeing the bone on my knuckles. As the saying goes, if you can't stay in the heat... He's like punching burning jello! Lowry, you're still standing on the grill. Oh, the heck... Jump off the grill, then fly up in the air on a bean wave. Inferno lunges towards Elvis for the reply and tries to punch you right back. Oh god, dodge! Alright, you slip a quick combo of punches from Guy Inferno. You feel the heat along your skin and you know you're way too close to an open flame. He's faster than us. I should have come out here with oven mitts on. Are you even feeling me punching you, dude? I'm an expert in seared meat. What do you think you're made of? Lowry. 
Try to bury Inferno in beans. You try to smother Inferno in another wave of beans. He's trapped under there for now. Elvis. Mason, is there like a lawn chair or something out here? Yeah, there's a bunch of heavy wooden lawn chairs lined up on the deck. Run over and grab one. You run over and you pick up a lawn chair. Larry, your bean barrier starts to sizzle, then boil, then explodes, revealing Inferno there surrounded by smoke and steam. And it's your turn again. I chuck a chair at him. Is that okay, Larry? Why would I object? Go ahead. Elvis throws the lawn chair at Inferno. It breaks when it hits him, and Inferno stumbles back a bit. Hey, that was a perfectly good lawn chair. All right, encase him in beans again. Down comes another flood of beans. This time, Inferno incinerates them as they arrive. A jet of fire overwhelms the beans, then rises up and hits Lowry clean in the chest. Lowry, that's going to be six body and 18 stun. Oh, uh, uh-oh. That's more than my con. I'm stunned. Ah, oh, oh, it's hot. I spend my entire turn taking off my burning shirt. Elvis, what do you do? The next time Inferno throws some fire, grab the nearest lawn chair and toss it in the way. Okay. Paul, the pizza's now a floating orb about the mass of a man and rapidly accelerating. By your next turn, it should make a decent weapon, if you can get Inferno to stand still. Elvis, Lowry, I need you to knock Inferno down in front of me. Hot, hot, I'm burning up. How do you propose we do that? Knock him unsteady and shove him to the ground. Lowry, you got that? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, my chest is so pink. Inferno launches a gout of flame at Paul. Elvis, you try to throw a lawn chair in the way. Here's a roll. And succeed. Gosh dang it, would you stop destroying my lawn chairs? When I win this fight, I'm gonna burn the rest of them! Lowry, what's next? Fly behind Inferno, then blast him with beans so he lands in front of Paul. Oh, do you have teamwork? I'll try to hit him with another lawn chair while he's in midair. I've got teamwork. Oh, me too. Did we all take teamwork? We never do that. Well, team playing is dumb, and for girls. But I'm playing a girl this time, so it's okay. I just figured it'd be a mandatory chef skill. Yeah, me too. Well, in that case, you guys are legally allowed to combine this attack into a single big damage roll. Everybody roll your attacks and let's see how it lands. Lawn chair, away! You barely touched your beans, Inferno. They're good for you. And don't forget the main course. Lowry sweeps Inferno off his feet with a wave of beans. Elvis hucks a lawn chair, which connects with Inferno, face-planting him into the ground. And in the coup de grace, Paul and his line chefs hurl a massive pizza orb onto die Inferno's prone body, crushing him as it spreads out across the ground, like a shallow, delicious grave. Let down another torrent of beans to bury the pizza, just in case. And for good measure, Lowry throws on an extra helping of beans. A few minutes pass, and there's no sign of life. The legacy of Guy Inferno, the greatest grill cook in all known universes, has ended. Soon you find that Marcus and his team has managed to wrap up their side of things, subduing Inferno's guards. Matilda's crew report that Matilda should make a full recovery, especially with the help of those who know the body on a supernatural level. When you have time, you're able to rummage through Inferno's things and find that he had a lot of notes on the theory of dimensional travel. Some of the law enforcement in this world put up some token resistance, but they're no match for all of you. Matilda and her chefs go their own way, as do Marcus and his guys. What do you guys do? Well, probably nothing good. I continue to experiment with my pizzas and try to turn pizza worlds into new life, knowing that one day they'll discuss the origin of that life, talk of it with reference to a deity, and I will know that the deity was me. I probably go to another world and start a new business, but then accidentally drown another city in beans and come back to work for Paul from then on. I thought I had it the second time, but the cups were just too small. I guess I'll work with Paul too. As far as I understand, there's healthy nutrition in every body, but now I know that every body is technically made of pizza. So there's a lot to unpack that flies in the face of all my previous health assumptions. I don't know, I'll probably try to disprove Paul by looking for a world made entirely of granola.
With infinite universes, I don't see why you can't be right at least in some of them. And that's the game. You are now masters of your own destiny. Good job, guys. Thanks for the game, Mason. Yeah, thanks. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. A friend of mine is looking for a group for his own game. Would you mind if we maybe let him GM our session next week? Oh, uh, sure, I guess. Yeah, I don't have any game ideas right now. Yeah, that's fine. I was worried you guys were going to try to make me GM. Okay, cool. I'll let him know. It'll be really great to have you guys in it. Well, all right. We're looking forward to it. Next time. So that was the Flavor Zone. If you guys enjoyed that and you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon. You can find me under Don Somewhere on Patreon. I also have a website, donsomewhere.com. You can find a link to Patreon there. And you can also find links to other things that I've done. I've been on the internet for a while, so I've got videos on YouTube, uh, some other podcast stuff, so on. You can check it all out there on donsomewhere.com. If you do support me on Patreon, then I used to promise that I would get podcast episodes early, and I still believe in my heart I will get back to that kind of schedule. Someday I will. It just requires doing a lot of extra time. Uh, the Flavor Zone was actually a little bit more difficult because it was built a lot more from the ground up and has been much longer and more, uh, well, I hope not imprudent to say epic than some of the previous arcs. The next season is going to involve a guest which I hope you guys enjoy. He is a fun guy, and he also does role-playing games with me. He's uh, Shippage, the guy who made Starter Squad. Uh, he's he's a lot of fun to role-play with. He plays a little bear in a game on Sundays. One thing I do offer on Patreon is sometimes I do blogs randomly where I talk about stuff, and so maybe I'll talk about uh, the Sunday games that I play over on the Patreon. Who knows? Uh, anyway, that's it. I hope that you guys enjoyed that and that you'll enjoy the next one, and otherwise just have a wonderful weekday, month, whatever. Just one last time, that was DonSomewhere.com or DonSomewhere on Patreon. <laughs>